Cedar Point campground. Don't say where we are. Well, they They'll have to come guess, and get us. They have to guess which, crazy. which Cedar Point it is. Well, they know where we live, so where else would they look at? Good. There's Cedar Point in Ohio. There's a Cedar Point apartment complex no, in Nashville. They know where I live. <laughs> this is they not know where you, we live. Is this where you live? This is where we live. <clears throat> we might as well be out living in the wilderness. Well, anyways, we're camping. We're, we're glamping. We're glamping. We're having our coffee. It's cold, rainy autumn morning. The lake is there, and it's nice. It's semi-nice. It has doesn't have that crispy morning air. I have an it's air gloomy. mattress if you would like to sleep outside. It's, it's a very <laughs> gloomy. It's raining. It's not gloomy. It is gloomy. It's perky. You're perky. Yeah. A little liquid sunshine never hurt anybody. It's not sun shining at all. Well, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. If you fly on IFR and climb up through the clouds, there's a big ball of orange. Like how complicated you like to make things. (laughs) Oh, it's raining. See, you're making it. That's not rain. You're making the rain angry. Moisture coming off the trees. If you see the uh, other campers' equipment blow away, then we should be concerned. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, we. And how would you survive that? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess that was my segue into what we were talking about. What were we talking about? Well, we didn't know what to talk about because we didn't just want to talk about camping because that seems boring. Boring? Yeah, boring. Boring is not camp. Not boring. Camping is not boring. <laughs> Say that one more time. I was, looking at my, <laughs> I was looking at my meter to see if something I did changed. Oh. Um. Yeah, we're we're not using our traditional setup, so this is going to be interesting for your listeners and how, if you're listening on a headphones, it might uh, be too much for you, but that's okay. I will do my best in post-editing. That's okay, because um, he will, and we're working towards more mobile-type well, podcasting. Well, here's the thing. We, we, do things we so- were set up for mobile, except... Apple wants to be different. <laughs> what type of fruit? <laughs> Might as well be a pear. That's good. <laughs> uh, anyways, so we're using something very um, antiquated, um, improvised. Of, yeah, but improvised. <laughs> so hopefully this will work out, but. Not to get off topic, we wanted to discuss about survival skills in the wilderness. In case, you know, our campsite uh, is all of a sudden, like, raided by marauders or <laughs> or zombies or, probably wouldn't live. or tigers <clears throat> in the United States of America. Let's just say that we either went down in an airplane somewhere or we went for a hike and got caught in the woods right or we we were camping and the snowstorm we thought was going to be on one side of the mountain ended up on our side of the mountain mm-hmm. so what what do you do right <laughs> what are the things that you can do well i think it kind of is based on what skills you should probably learn and of course we're i think there's also like a guideline on things you should know when going into the wilderness. Um, there's like a lot of training manuals. I know the army or the military has a whole bunch of uh, guidelines on what you need to take with you. Um, you know, what are the, like the top five essential things you need to survive in any situation, whether what, whatever the environment is, but I feel like having skill sets would be adequate. So we can look into that. And training. We can always try to call Bear Grills <laughs> and see if he could help us. Bear Grills? Yeah, the guy that takes people out in the wilderness or he goes by himself. We don't have cable anymore. Are you talking about the guy that survives on his own in the show? Yeah, like he'll drop him off oh, a helicopter know. somewhere. His name's he... Bear Grill? Yeah. I've never. 
Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to make me look it up. I am. Because I'm, I'm not sure how ad- accurate that is. I, I, I think. Grill, maybe I just I, don't know pop culture anymore. I don't remember, but I. Ah, so the confession. <laughs> you but, don't know if I'm either. Right. Do you know what the show's called? His name is Bear. Like the animal. Okay. His last name is G R Y L L S. Okay. Bear Grills. That's got to be made up. Like, did his parents actually name him that? Michael Michael Bear. This is a nickname. Grills. I gotcha. O B E, whatever that is. So it is a nickname. He's a British adventurer, writer, television presenter, and businessman. Yeah. Okay. I was about to say, there's no way he would be named Bear Grills. Yeah. So it's a nickname. He's done some cool stuff. I watched one where he took, uh, I can't remember her name, the girl that played uh, Marvel. Um, yeah, what's her face? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we're not doing her very good justice by not remembering her oh, name. Well, she knows who she is. Yeah, but anyway, he took her on a thing like through this island and stuff, and they, they found an old boat and Anyways, they got to go across the aisle and they get picked up. It, it was, it, it's pretty cool because he teaches, of course, that's kind of a reality show and they've got photographers and whatnot with them, but he does yeah. teach you some basic stuff. But um, like you said, there's basic skills, right? What, so like, let's say you're, <clears throat> let's, let's back up when I've taught a hunter safety course, uh, I got introduced to, um, a, a guy in a program and I have his DVD at home about survival skills. Mm-hmm. And it's basic things like even if you're going to take just a hike, let's say uh, you and your fiance are going to go in the Smokies and go hike just for the day, right? And your plan is to go up for four hours and come back. You should take basic things with you. Because you don't know what's going to happen on the trail, right? It's not like you got to be <clears throat> paranoid about uh, what you take or how you, how you handle yourself. But you take water, obviously. You take uh, you might take something to be able to start a fire if you need to. Um, you take a jacket, and you go. Well, it's it's seventy five degrees outside or eighty degrees. I don't need a jacket. Mm-hmm. what if you end up having to spend the night in the woods mm-hmm. you know and people go oh that's just ridiculous well that's what this guy shows and also <clears throat> excuse me on one of our hunter safety videos the guy talks about how a family and their dog went hiking up in the mountains and they had a little picnic basket and some a bottle of wine and they were going to go hike up in the mountains and they actually passed some other hikers that said, yeah, it looks like the weather's going to turn. And I think this was in the Rockies or something. And, you know, be careful out there. So the temperature was like in the 60s or something. So the guy was wearing shorts. Well, we'll make a long story short is they ended up dying because a snowstorm had moved in. Temperature had dropped. They got caught and they couldn't find their way because they went off trail. The, this guy thought he was being tough and showing his wife some romantic, cool place, but they weren't prepared. And so what the stuff, only reason they found him is because the dog had survived so, and so stayed with him. What stuff would they should have brought with them? They should have known what the weather was going to do. Number one, okay. number two, they should have had appropriate clothing packed, even if they weren't wearing it, because if it was warm, you could always add more clothes. And but going back to what you were talking about, the essential things that they need to have. I'm talking about water, water, some type of fire starter, fire starter. You know, they make these um, like flint, flint kind of like a stick. It doesn't, it doesn't take up any more space in your keys or pocket knife. There's some keys <clears throat> or um, even um multi-tools have them now i wish my leatherman had a had that 
option, although everything else that I love about it has been fairly easy. But I would like to have a Leatherman that's um, that has that option. Right. Um, and it's not saying so you're talking. I think we should do this. You should talk about things you should bring, whereas I should talk about skills that you need to learn. So depending on the wilderness, I think it's a good idea because my fiance kind of does this and we, and um, we have a family friend that also has a bunch of books is learning about foraging, um, learning about um, the plants around you, which ones are safe to eat, which one are safe to eat, which ones. Cause I mean, the thing that I think about the most has been berries or mushrooms. And there are quite a few that you definitely do not want to eat. And depending on how ripe they are, um, some will make you sick or some will kill you. Yeah. And also depending on the trees, you know, if you're trying to make shelter, it, it's good to know how to find these and where the environment were to look at locate them like i think that same show you're talking about with um what's his face bear bear grills um i think in one of the one of the shows um they were using like these palm trees these huge leaves as a uh, roof for rain shelter shelter um but it was only in just certain parts of the area so if you're familiar with the environment that's another thing but if you uh <coughs> I, and i know sometimes it's hard but if you lost your sense of direction that's probably another thing you need to look into if you don't have a compass if you don't have a sense of direction you can always look up always look up at the sun yeah but if the sun, if it's overcast like now if it is overcast so right now, yeah. Most people don't know how to use a compass. That's true. Right. And if they, if you have a compass, okay, it points north. Do you know there, there's a lot of stuff that goes into, into simple navigation, but, you know, they make it look easy in the movies or on TV when somebody's caught and they got a compass and they just look off in the distance and they start walking. Well, it's, it's not. There's just more to it than that. You've got to understand how to use it. And sometimes compasses, <clears throat> I would use a real compass besides your phone because your phone is is limited on battery charge. And sometimes if something like electrical surge happened, a compass is a little bit more reliable than a phone because it's always active. Now, a downside to using a compass is if you run into is it iron yeah some, but the, some, mag, some yeah, magnetic but where it it um, messes with your yeah um, polarity yeah it messes with the magnetic direction but but again it, it if you don't know where you are and you have a compass and you also don't know how to read maps which is a thing that seems to be lacking because people have phones right mm -hmm. you almost need to assume that your phone's not going to work wherever you're at don't don't i would eat too I many would, people think that i would that, use your phone yeah only for emergencies if you have a um reception so phone a phone's gps and map this is a here's a little wake-up call for some people maybe that are listening the gps on your phone when you're using maps does not use space-based satellites it's using ground-based antennas to triangulate where you're at. So if you're, again, typical survival situations happen somewhere in the wilderness or out in the far west, you're in Arizona in the mountains or somewhere up in the Rockies, or you're away from stuff where you're not going to get cell signals. If you don't get cell signals, your phone's pretty much useless. Yeah. So this goes back to, again, having, it's not like you got to go out and buy a big compass. I mean, there's things like you can have, like, like you said, like you, a Leatherman or they make a uh, certain knives that have compass. Some watches have, have compasses built into them that are not relying upon batteries. It like, even if it's a little tiny compass, but again, you got to know how to, 
how to walk. Like, okay, so let's say you're, you know, there's a town north of you. If you're smart enough to know that, that's fine. But where did you go from where north is now? If the town is, if you walked five miles in one direction and you start going north, you could completely miss the town based upon where you're located at the time. It's not just a matter of walking in a particular direction. I also say if you see a good size river, if you follow it, you'll eventually run into civilization. Or, or yes, if you follow a river, if, if number one, rivers are kind of life giving to some extent, animals and, you know, the possibility of drinking water. You obviously don't want to just drink the water because if you don't have a, something that cleans the bacteria and stuff out of the river, then you could get sick. Um, like, uh, I got mom a, a water bottle. It'd be the same kind of thing you'd take hiking with you, Yeah. but it has a filter in it that, that filters out. I got it for when she went on a mission trip to Ecuador because they were going to be in the mountains away from purified water, drinking water, potable water. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> the other thing is you talking about skills this other guy, which, like I said, I've got a DVD at home. It talks about, let's say you have to build a fire. Let's say you need to spend the night. Of course, if you're in a place like the Smokies that's had forest fires and stuff, you've got to be super, super careful if you're going to do that. You're just as responsible as anybody else. You don't want to start a forest fire, but that doesn't mean you can't have a fire if you're in a survival situation. Yeah. But well, you can you can take a little pill bottle to put in your little day pack, right? Keep it lightweight with some cotton that is uh, where you've taken Vaseline, just pure regular Vaseline and kind of squished cotton balls into it. And that makes a great fire starter with your sparking tool that you have, whatever it is. If you have one. Um, Again, you almost have to build a kit for yeah, this. It, and if you don't have anything, um, that's another skill set to learn is how to make a fire from scratch. Uh, you'll see a lot of those. You'll see a lot of videos where people have two two woods rubbing together. Um, to some to some extent, that works. But um, I would definitely read more about what actually what techniques and in. Is it possible to learn the type of wood? The only thing, and I wish I knew a little bit more about it. The only thing I do know is if it's not dry enough, if the wood's not dry enough, it will never, ever. So if it's raining, you're almost out of luck. Yeah, like right now, it's soaking wet outside. So if you're trying to rub two sticks together and make fire, it's um, not going to happen. And if you're rubbing sticks together, there's, you'll always see those old cartoons where they just make a cross and they just rub it side on side by side. I feel like that's been updated to something else that's use more useful. Um, I've also seen, and I don't know how accurate, I don't know. I forgot what the science is behind it, but I've seen people where they dig a trench a small trench for the fire. So that way the wind doesn't blow it out right. whenever they do that. A good example to watch is, uh, uh, Tom Hanks and castaway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he's on the Island and, and watch the pain he goes through, trying to, you know, just to make rubbing fire. sticks, he gets blisters on his yeah. hands and stuff. And then he figures he's out he's using that it, bamboo or something. Yeah. But he ends up finding a split cause he needed air. Mm-hmm down at the bottom of that piece and as he was spinning it. So so again, it's, it's a good thing to, um, kind of refresh yourself on some of these things. Uh, I think a lot of the, the survival skills that can be learned and taught are something you can use in everyday life. If there's just natural disasters, right. I think to be, there's to be prepared. You I, talked about shelter. Yeah. When I was a boy scout, that was one of the things we learned how to do is build a lean to. Yeah. Right. Cause you know, if it's like raining like today and it's overcast and you can't see where you're going or nighttime is coming and you know, you're not going to be able to get out. Then yeah. It's time to is there more coffee. 
time to uh that's gonna talk to you while i get some coffee the um time to build your shelter so you can have some protection from the elements i agree Um, getting hypothermic can happen even when it's 55 degrees outside if you're exposed to it long enough and don't have the right kind of uh, Oops, that's water protection. That's not coffee. That's water. No, it's in the big blue coffee pot. Coffee would be in the coffee pot. But I used to enjoy, used to enjoy because I don't haven't done it in a long time, teach a, a hunter safety course for uh, TWRA here in Tennessee. We didn't spend a lot of time on survival. We just talked about it again because a lot of times if you're out hunting, for example, you're in a tree stand and you're wearing your safety harness and somehow your tree stand falls away from you and you're hanging there. People go, well, I'll just call somebody. It goes back to, okay, are you within cell phone distance? And where's your cell phone if you're hanging from your safety strap? If you don't know how to start off as far as learning skills... And you want a hands-on experience, I would say any of your local wildlife agency is a good start. I would also recommend you'll see a lot of these national these uh, uh, parks around your areas. Um, and I mean, not like city parks. I'm not talking about the Centennial Park or anything like that. I'm talking about a natural sometimes even a national park um there's usually some services or lessons tours that goes around their whole park and they label trees and hedges and other other plants for you to recognize what that is oh, to see what they are. and see what they are and i'm sure if you have certain questions they'll be able to answer it if you if you're talking to a very well experienced instructor so i would look into those two i would also look into books uh at your local bookstore mostly like a books million or barnes and noble i find barnes and noble to be more accessible when it comes to that stuff um to show you on certain survival tips and tricks that you can do now our knowledge because we're in Tennessee, we're mostly our knowledge is, is to the extent of forest wilderness. But if we're smaller hills, but if we're like at like in Asia and high up in the wilderness mountains or in the desert, don't come to us because we're not we haven't exactly uh, that's our disclaimer. We're not survival for survival. The only thing specialists. I the only thing I know about like if you're in the mountains area oxygen is key um because you're limited um on on um air supply the higher elevation you are you get to you start hiking and probably eight thousand feet or above it gets can be pretty tough and then obviously in the desert uh water is key but also shade is key because it can get so dry and and humid uh where if you don't have shade um to kind of help ease that heat from you you can you can be prone to all sorts of um, diseases Yes, the sun can give diseases. <laughs> the sun can, can give disease. I probably said that wrong. I'm sure my fiance, if she ever heard me say that, is like, I don't think you're saying that right. <laughs> but she's not here and she can't correct me. Well, sunburn. I mean, there's so the survivor skills are going to be different for the desert. Survival skills for uh, Alaska and, you know, up in way north up in Canada, mm-hmm. uh, Hudson Bay area, survival still skills in the Caribbean, survival skills in the Pacific. I, it's just... Yeah. The, Even in the, like, Iceland or Greenland up north, uh, northern Asia, where you're stuck in, like, a snowy 
environment or an ice environment, um, you're probably better off trying to get warm as, as fast as possible. And some parts of that, unfortunately, will have to be involved if you find a good sizable um, creature that has a ton of fur. You're probably going to have to learn how to scalp it and make clothes out of it. Um, unless it's a sheep, then you can just scalp it. And how are you going to kill it in the first place? The right? sheep? You don't kill the sheep unless you need meat. Got to have protein. Got to have... Berries, bugs. Berry beets, bugs. He, there's all kinds of stuff. It, it, it's the cool thing about learning the skills. Uh, it, it, I mean, if it's life or death situation, you've got to understand that you're going to do things you wouldn't normally do. It kind of reminds me that um, you were talking about a plane crash. I bet you were thinking about that Liam Neeson movie. Um, With the wolves? Yeah. Was it Gray or yeah. something like that? Yeah. I wish they would have opened up the ending to see what happens. I know what happens because I heard it. Yeah. Yeah. Because all, all of the wolves become his pets. Um, fun fact, uh, do not ever go into a wolf's den because you'll just encounter more troubles than what it's worth. The last time we did that, we didn't survive, did we? No, we're dead. (laughs) So I've been trying to scan to find this guy that the video, but there's, again, there's tons of, if I, if I find it, I'll, I'll, we'll get, we'll get it posted. You people out there that are just thinking you see a bear and think it'd be so cool to get out of your car and take a picture. Don't do that. Don't do that. Like you don't know how a bear is going to react. Do you think it's all, I I'm putting a disclaimer here. It's if you see a bear, don't get out. I, I will say grizzly bears, which are those big Brown bears are more ferocious than black bears. We have mostly black bears here that are a little bit more milder manner. However, that doesn't mean an animal can just all of a sudden just get triggered and come after you for whatever reason it feels like it. Right. So unless you know, unless you know how to climb a tree fast Bears climb trees, by the way. I know. Yeah, bears climb trees. (laughs) Um, Just don't don't try and fight it. I mean, you're fighting fighting it would have to be like your last resort, your very 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 last resort. Um, But yeah, for those people that are just taking pictures out of their car, because I I we my uh, my boss and his wife went to Yellowstone. And they were driving by and there was a grizzly bear on the side of the road. And they had all these tourists going a little bit further down the road and then and then going off the road into the grass and then getting out of their car to take a picture. And one guy was from when I when they showed me a picture, he was getting closer, trying to get a better quote unquote shot with his phone. Should have gotten a telephoto camera or something. If y'all are going to do that, if y'all are going to take dangerous shots for your photography career, get a get a DSLR or a mirrorless camera. <laughs> yeah, take it from a distance. Take it from a distance. The, the, I don't know, if people. Um, we humans are not very smart sometimes. Uh, uh, I had us a, a friend of mine that told me when he would go to Hawaii that he'd go to look at the lava tubes and they had these signs where like the lava had expanded and was covering highways and stuff. And then they said, do not walk on the lava tubes. They could still be hot. They could still be kind of molten. Like you would Mm. look black or it would look like a solid, but it's not. Yeah. And, or the, the lava tubes could also collapse yeah. and you'd be near the ocean. Yeah. So obviously what did people, you know why they put signs up, right? Cause people did it. 
It's just like, you know, do not use your hair dryer while you're in the tub. Why do they put those on the hair dryer? Because somebody's done it. Do not drink gasoline. It could it cause harm. It, you know, and I get it. Regardless, I, I guess my hope is people will understand why they're there and the consequences. But there's just some people that don't. They like that. They like that sense of stupidness no i wouldn't call it stupidness I, it's just something that like well i'm going to do this regardless and see it for myself because they don't know or if they do know if they do know then they're the daring type right that want to try and um see it. i'm just using this as an example i'm not saying that this actually happened but like if a bear came out and the guy's like I'm not, I'm gonna try and get near it. I'm like, why would you do that? It's gonna attack you. I'm like, I'll be careful. There's just no there's no way to get sense into that until something bad has happened. It's kind of like when a dog comes up to a cat and they just don't realize that like if you do that, you're gonna get hit. And they don't learn until the cat finally swipes at their face, and then the dog's like, oh. I should probably not get near it. Now, not all dogs do that. I'm just using a general dog and a general cat as an example that I've seen before. Right. Like my dog, Lily. <laughs> well, we did it with you when you were little. Don't touch the stove. It's hot. First, you know, you're very young and you don't know. And after a while, you just go, okay, I guess I'm going to have to let him touch the stove and he'll figure that out. But, hey, that glowing red thing there is hot. But... What are you looking up? I can't find this guy. It's driving me crazy. Who are you trying to find? The guy that I have the survival stuff at home. You have survival stuff? I'll find it later. So, shelter, uh, food. Yeah, you know that that's a tough one. As far as what's uh, what's edible, you know, you can always watch animals if they're not eating berries or mushrooms, and you probably shouldn't eat those berries or mushrooms. I mean, but there's there's more to learning. The safe things to eat. You can always eat grass. Not necessarily. <laughs> what, is, what does your dog do after she eats grass? She throws up. So I'm not saying like here. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so there's fluid intake, water, whether it's cold or whatever. Don't eat snow. You know, that people go, oh, I can just eat snow because it's frozen water. But that'll help lower the core temperature of your body which makes it harder to stay warm what about in the water the boat goes down mm. obviously find something to float on what if you can't then you're dead <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've heard things like uh, although they're not perfect but you could take like take your pants off. And, <laughs> I, I, I know that's tie, a serious gesture, but it's funny. The, if you're wearing long pants, to tie knots in the end, and then cup them with air. Now that air will seep out. But if you do that repeatedly, it, it might take some of the effort of trying to tread water. Now yeah. a lot of people don't know how to swim, so uh, or tread water. So that's another skill. Yeah, tread water. Um, basically. Getting on your back, learning how to float. I don't know how to do that. My body, I have long legs, so my, my legs have a tendency to be filled with lead. Yeah. Um, it would be a very tiring adventure, but obviously your first thing would be to um, find land somewhere. I mean, that's really your best option. I mean, if you're in the middle of the ocean, you're pretty much dead. <laughs> Now, if you found a raft or a man-made well, raft, if you're done in an airplane, you, you survive. There's got to be something. Yeah, you can still use that. That's better than staying in water. Um, but you would still, at, even at that point, you still at some point have to keep moving and find some sort of land. Um, because if you just stay there, you're going to die from dehydration and um, food exposure. Exposure. There's some great stories, uh, real life, true stories of so survival. For those, yeah, for those that like, well, well, 
we'll just use an aircraft as an example because that's the most likely scenario or unless boat. you're on a boat sometimes there are tracking on an airplane but um i've heard where the tracking is only the transmission the transmission only goes off after a certain number of minutes instead of seconds so it's not an ongoing process so and sometimes it's not accurate plus also you're in water water could be moving you could be slowly drifting at whatever direction and be almost miles away from where you're um where you fell even if they did get it in uh plus it would take time for them to go out there and look for you so again your best option if you can if you have a raft and this would be very hard for your arms and legs is um finding the nearest land as soon as possible um don't drink the ocean water i think i think i've i, I would have to read again but i know depending on how what you have and what you can set up i think there's a way to filter that to make ocean water into fresh water if there's any way like to heat it don't you have to like boil well, it or you something boil it. you yeah. have to boil boil it goes back to your chemistry days right mm-hmm. pay attention in school mm-hmm. <laughs> and see that's the thing i feel like chemistry over the years has gotten less and less adequate i don't know if that's the right term but um it's because when I took chemistry, our chemistry teacher got uh, injured and he was out for a majority of the year. We barely got to the chemistry lab. I never even got to um, dissect a frog. And so, oh, they do it virtual now because they don't want to hurt and so, the frogs. And so the college chemistry was kind of an intro, but it only talked about like the very intro, like, as far as surveying a chemical reaction or from did this you to lab that. at college. Yeah, I did, okay. but it wasn't definitely not essential stuff that I didn't really need to learn. And obviously if you want to get more into that, then, but there was no like basic chemistry as far as like for surviving or anything like that. Right. And I'm sure there used to be, and we've just forgotten it because things have isn't, Everything is more a civilized society now. We we have a tendency as a society today, I believe, to rely, number one, to rely wholly on schools to teach us everything we know, teach our kids and everything we know. Number one, that that should never be the case. Schools have have a role, but so do parents. Parents have a role to teach their kids about some basic things in life then i would our message to young people would be pay attention in school trust me there's a lot of stuff that i hated i I said algebra and trig and all that stuff i'm never going to use that because i didn't know what i was going to do and you know challenge your teachers there's no reason that if you can't learn based on what they're teaching you can you like can can you show us a practical example of this yes and I'm sure s- some teachers will will jump up to that challenge. So one of the funniest things for me the last year was some, I used something about triangles and angles. Oh, yeah. Geometry, folks, math. <laughs> that I thought, I, I, I mean, I'm a pilot, you know, and I have to know, I have to know triangulation, but it didn't have, it doesn't have to do with angles so much yeah. as does compass directions. I had cut a piece incorrectly in the shed and had this triangular piece that needed to be put in my goof up. <laughs> so I had two lengths of of a triangle. I could measure mm. two lengths. Yeah. But I needed I couldn't figure out where to put the point of the third leg of the triangle. Mm. And then I thought, wait a minute, there's something about triangles having to equal a certain number of degrees with all three sides, right? Was it 180 degrees or something? I can see, I still can't remember. But whatever it was at the time, I remembered, wait a minute, 
if I draw this line out this way and make an arc, and I take my other line that I know, I know it's, it's distance, and I make an arc, and where the two arcs intersected was where my third point needed to be. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, I used math kind of thing. Yeah. Geometry. Geometry. And I, I, it's, it's just not something you typically do every day. I mean, it doesn't have, and it also doesn't have to be like a calculus type thing where like if you're trying to determine how to oh rope rope would be very helpful in a survival situation <laughs> oh, squirrel <laughs> sorry um well i'm gonna use rope as an example if you're trying to if you have to get across a two points of a cliff i'm just using it as an or example river. because i understand i'm i'm hearing my phone say where why would you ever do them like i'm just saying in a in a very possible scenario where you have to get across and there's no way to go around but you know you have to get across to get to civilization safety whatever you have to kind of judge how far a thing um a distance is from the two cliffs and you also have to figure out how long's the rope now you don't need an exact measurement but if you have points of references like for example like if I just have a rope, a random rope with me and I had no clue, like I, I didn't purchase it. I just found it and I just need to know how long it was. Well, then I would use my feet as a, a good reference point of how, how long it is. And so like, for example, if you're, if you're a size 12, um, which for those that don't know, that's 12 inches, right? I wear 13. My shoes are 12 inches. Is it 12 inches? It Is that that? Your size doesn't coincide with inches. What's the size for then? It's a number. <laughs> no, they have it there for a reason. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't think you know. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a shoe scientist. I'm pretty sure 12 is 12 inches. Well, keep talking. Um, So I would use the shoe as reference on the size of the rope, the length of the rope. And I would use that to determine, is that long enough to reach across? So my point is, if you, you don't need to know advanced math to know how long something is or how much you need um you just need basic math multiply maybe some geometry type formula algebra could come a long way a long way calculus can go to a certain degree but again i would just go at least algebra there's an entire chart because of course the world can't figure out things like and I'm sure there's history. I'm not going to read the history, but the inches of a shoe does not equate to the size. So like a U.S. size six is 9.25 inches long. Well, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't. Yeah. It's 23.5 centimeters. And even in Euro and UK sizes, there's it, no correlation to the number. It's just a random number they've put to the sizes. So, well, I've been wrong my whole life. <laughs> Even my mine says it's not twelve. I've put a tape measure down and put my shoe on it, and I go, "Okay, my shoe's about twelve inches." And it depends if it's a boot; yeah. it's longer. It's but this this chart says I'm gonna make a letter to all the shoemakers. Yeah, like a, a a twelve and a half. No. I'm sorry, U.S. shoe size 13 is 11.56 inches. What's a 12 or 11? What's a 11 equate to? And a, a size 11 is 10.9375 So inches. it's basically 11. 10.9? <laughs> That's pretty close. So yours is close. Okay. Well, and 11 and a half is 11.125. That's, that's even closer. So if you're a size 11 or 11 and a half, you're... And you know inches, you're you have a much more accurate yeah, measurement yeah. than than yeah, everyone so else. <laughs> size eleven through 
through uh, 15, you're pretty good about being a foot. <laughs> so big feet. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, simple math. Do you math. know why your nose can't be 12 inches? That's impossible. It wouldn't be a nose. It would be a foot. Uh, um, <laughs> Sad joke for the Simple day. math, simple chemistry would be great areas, fundamental stuff to learn. Simple botany, simple biology. Yeah. A lot of sciencey stuff. Yeah. Same thing in the, in the lakes or oceans. There's a lot of things as far as eating yeah that you know you'd have to be careful about eating or touching or whatever um fishing learn how to fish learn how to fish i mean again watch castaway you know him trying to spear fish and things in shallow water and there's crustaceans and then there's things about eating stuff just absolutely hate fish you gotta pucker up well or bugs bugs too yeah that'd be the toughest thing yeah, for most people for I think. me yeah because i feel like i would have to cook it before i eat it yeah <sighs> but you gotta watch bear sometime uh yeah and and it's not a word i know this insectology <laughs> <laughs> i could hear lauren like yelling at me right uh, now and, and i'm gonna get it wrong uh, I, i'm gonna say entomology but i think that's wrong and, uh, um yeah learn learn basically i, I was right right good job you yeah, get a gold star zoology concerned with the study of insects entomology uh, lauren be so proud of you um out of my back learning that um the animals that you know wouldn't wouldn't hurt so that way you can uh i know like there's certain animals if you do try and trap or hunt um, you have to be careful on the way you cook them. Like, for example, you can, if you're like in a desert and you can cook a snake, but you also have to be careful on like they're getting it there. <laughs> well, getting it and not eating their poisonous, um, venomous. Yeah, the glands are usually up near the head, but like for a rattlesnake, if you could, if you're successful enough to kill one. Typically, if there's one, there's more. Is that rattlesnakes or vipers? Rattlesnakes. Or cobras, I'm sorry. I cobras. Don't, I don't think we have vipers and snakes, cobras. Why do we snakes? Huh? That's a rough. Snakes. Why does it have to be snakes? Snakes. Indiana Jones? Oh, snakes. Come on. There's always snakes. Well, <laughs> I hate snakes. I hate snakes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what other skill sets should people know? Um, I don't know how uh, to call home. <laughs> uh, SOS still works, right? Oh, yeah, here's another the thing. Uh, if, if it's a boat or uh, again, let's say it's some type of accident situation. Okay. Right? A boat, ship, airplane, the, your best bet is to stay with the wreck, right? Well, it all burned. That's fine. Stay with the wreck as best you possibly can. Because if somebody's going to be looking for you, they'll spot that before they would you off, you know, wandering off by yourself. And of course, now if you're there for 30 days and (laughs) then you might want to chance uh, your way out of there, but it's best to stay with the wreck. Now, if you're the type of person that can't do any of that, if you're not physically able to do that or don't know a whole lot of you flunked in math and science well and life just hope you you got a good uh just start relationship with your lord jesus christ (laughs) so because you'll be you'll be seeing him soon but we don't mean that in a bad way it's just you know again go through life intelligent uh my grandparents used to say you know again you gotta always it's Boy Scout motto: Always be prepared. Yeah, not paranoid. Just be prepared. I don't think you have to be necessarily smart or intelligent either. I feel like you just got to be able and just know your surrounding and what you should and shouldn't do. Um, 
and there there's a time to be cautious but also in surviving there's a time to take risks and it it just depends on you know like the the situation as far as surviving i also well if you have other people with you I would really, and you're out stuck in the middle of the ocean because this goes really deep. Because I was like reading or watching a documentary, documentary, um, about people surviving the ocean. And there was a few of them, but they were lacking food. They couldn't fish. They didn't have anything, so they had to resort to cannibalism. I don't want to do that. Like, I'd rather not do that. That's just me personally. Sit, you don't want to sit across the raft from somebody and go, boy, you look mighty Absolutely tasty. <laughs> that actually happened. I'm just trying to remember who it was. More than once. It's happened many times. And there's the famous uh, survivalist airplane crash in the Andes Mountains. Oh, yeah. The soccer team. And one after, I forget what it was, two months. Yeah. Or something crazy. One of the guys hiked out, like finally made a decision to hike out. But didn't they make a movie about that? Absolutely. We yeah. haven't watched it yet, have we? Uh, I have, but you probably have. Oh, yeah. He likes to watch movies without me. <laughs> well, I think that'll about wrap it up for our wilderness talk. Yeah. We're no pros, but I think we have a good sense of what we should and shouldn't do. Yes, we're going to cook our survivalist breakfast this morning. Bacon eggs and, and bacon eggs and toast. And our glamping orange juice. Yeah. And our glamping RV. Let us know what other kinds of things you'd like to have us talk about. We're, we're always waiting to hear from our fans. Yeah, do you want some more advice from our non-expert ideas? We're good with technology. Yeah, we're, we're good actually, with airplanes. We could start an organization with of, mechanics. Oh, I got all kinds of stuff I can talk about airplanes about know people doing stupid what you shouldn't stuff. shouldn't do online. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll we're we're happy to talk about that kind of stuff. So find us more next time. Um, look at look up more contents. Uh, best way to get access to all of our stuff in our podcast and our videos and our blog is at www.kenscrew.com. Again, that is www.kenscrew.com. Ken's conversations. There's, I've got a blog out there that I've put a couple of items out there in the aviation section okay, he's I posted some gaming, gaming stuff our first episode right. of our sly cooper yeah which we're hoping to do at more to do at some point the second episode will be out soon hopefully and we're hoping to finish that and more more commentary from my father yeah um but that'll about do it so we'll see you next time I'm Kenny. I'm Ken this time. And this is Ken's Conversations. Bye. Bye.